Well, hey everyone, and welcome to another edition of Overtime. This is actually number 118 or 119. I don't, I think it was 118 last week, but I don't remember. Maybe I'm just confused. But we are glad that you are here. If you are not sure what this is, basically Overtime is our weekly podcast where we get to do a little bit deeper dive into the weekend message. I was able to share this past week. This is Mark Frisleben. He's an awesome guy, and he's going to tell you more about himself. He's willing to help out today. He's been here before. He's no stranger to the show. <laughs> Take it away, Mark. Wow, I feel like that was like a big introduction. That was a big introduction. It was. Like, it's it was... like, like there's like the standard is set high now. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Don't don't mess it up. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm that. I'm not that excited. But anyways, I'm Mark. I'm actually a pastor. Um, pastor of student ministries at Beale Baptist in Oxford, PA. I was actually, well, like our church is like ten minutes. Like they're connected yeah. with eight ninety six. You just hop on eight ninety six and ten minutes away. You're at the other person's shorts. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I actually went in the youth ministry. I was part of the youth ministry at CLC. Yeah. Um, I probably got more involved in my junior year. But I was, yeah. I was a part of the church ministry my freshman and junior year. I was freshman and sophomore year, like, helping out. Then Ben dragged me to youth group. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> did. Junior year. One week I was like, dude, I want you to be a part of the leadership team. But in order to do that, you got to be at the youth yes. ministry. So start coming. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um <laughs> So it yeah, worked. <laughs> it worked. Um, anyways, and now I'm a youth pastor, so yeah. look at that. Look at uh, the way that God moves. It's so fun. <laughs> I know, exactly. So, yeah, so uh, my wife, Megan Fiesleben, um, she's the Children's and Family Ministry Director here at CLC. And I don't know, I actually preached um, this past Sunday, too, actually, fun fact. I'm not on the same um, message, different message. Um, I actually took his message. Yes. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I was just sharing my thoughts with him, and next thing I know, he just cocky-catted yeah. me. <laughs> no, there's a different message, and uh, but yeah, it was pretty cool, though. It's, it's been, what, what was your message on? Um, it was on the... I did So my church, we're going through the book of Matthew, hmm. and I did the cleansing of the temple and the um, and the withering of the fig tree, hmm. which um, when we first look at it, it's kind of like, the heck's happening here? Because it's one of those times Jesus doesn't explain what he's doing yeah. or why he's doing it. He's just kind of like, yeah, this happened. Let's move on. <laughs> so there's a lot more work to be done. Um, in so can they go online if they want to yes. hear that message? Where, where can they go to get so, that? So um, if you go to YouTube, just look up Bueller Baptist Oxford PA, yeah. and our YouTube channel will be there. How do you spell Bueller? Bueller. Bu- See, look at that. I, this is why okay, fair enough. I fair knew enough. that. Uh, <laughs> It's um, B-E-U-L-A-H. Thank you. Bula. Um, then Baptist, how you spell Baptist. Yeah. Um, and Oxford, PA. Because um, apparently there's a lot of Bula Baptist um, channels on YouTube. Is there? Apparently. <laughs> so you have to do the Oxford, PA after Bula Baptist. All right. So, yeah. yeah, we are super excited. Thank you, Mark. Like, he's... Yeah. He's been willing to come on and help out yeah. with overtime. It's so like super... my fourth time, I think. Is that... No, it's been more than that, hasn't it? I, I don't know. I lost track. I lost track, too. Anyway, but we are glad that you're here. Thanks for being a part of that. We always do encourage you that if you haven't already yeah. listened to the Sunday morning message, so you can just go to clcfamily.church slash media, and you can either listen or watch that Sunday service. 
Um, you're welcome to kind of do that first. And then this is kind of the second part of that discussion. If you are joining us online, we are on four different platforms. So right now, if you go to Facebook, if you go to Twitch, if you go to YouTube, you'll see us all live and streaming. Or if you go to our website and you want, you click the watch live tab, you can join us there. You can ask your questions live. You can also email overtime at clcfamily.church. But we're going to kind of jump into that. We'd love to have you have any ask any questions. Uh, I am just checking really quick to see if there's any overtime emails. I didn't see any emails yet, but you can even send them during this. So one of the things I do want to highlight before we jump into kind of a recap and then just kind of get into some discussion is that uh, Easter is coming up very quickly. So Resurrection Sunday is going to be on April 17th this year. So we're super excited for that. And this church, as well as Mark's church, is going to be doing a ton of different events. I'll highlight ours and maybe afterwards we can highlight if you've got anything that you want to share there. So basically, what we're doing that week of, we've got a bunch of different things. Stations of the Cross is going to be happening on Wednesday and Friday of that week, as well as a limited window on Saturday as well. Um, on Thursday, we're going to be doing a Monday Thursday service. It's kind of a special Thursday evening service. Um, on Friday or Saturday, we are going to be doing an Easter egg hunt with inflatables um, and face painting and Easter egg hunts. It's going to be a ton of fun for the entire family. And then on Sunday, obviously, we have services. We will We'll have two live services. One, at, it, you can watch them either online. You can do that. Join us in the parking lot in our drive-in option, or you can catch it live both at 9 a.m. and at 10:45. And then we'll also restream an online service at 5 5 p.m. that day. So go to clcfamily.church/easter, and you can see more information. You, you got anything you want to add or throw in there for your uh, church? Well, my church, we are doing a. It's not a Good Friday service. It's just a. Uh, Oh, we're just doing a, a service com- on Friday. Yes, a service yeah. on Friday, like a communion service. So we're okay. doing because here um, with at least at this Baptist church, because um, the COC you guys do the first Sunday every month. Yeah, we do it more of like two to four times throughout the year. Okay, okay. So um, it's because different churches, to different denominations yeah. have different views on bat- on yeah. um, communion and different traditions. Yeah, yes. different so traditions. Not that one right, yes. one's right, one's wrong. It's just different views. Yes, exactly. Right. Um, Just like your family opens Christmas presents, probably different than my family opens Christmas probably, presents. Probably, probably. Yeah. Um, Yours is probably weird, though. Probably it is. No, <laughs> um, but, so we're doing a communion service on the Friday before Resurrection okay. Sunday or Easter. And we're doing, it's, it'll start at 6 so we'll just have some songs hmm. and read a couple passages and then take um, of the sacraments of the yeah. um, bread and the the, ju- the yeah. wine, but a.k.a. juice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's at six thirty, and then you don't want to hear when we're having it because it will interact, you know, because all, all Resurrection Sunday, all Easter Sunday services at 10, okay. which is like, you know, wouldn't work for you. <laughs> so I'm not going off with that. Yeah, I low-key did. Yeah. But <laughs> so that yeah. is kind of what's coming up with Easter. And, uh, so we'll kind of turn the page if you will, and then kind yes. of start to talk about this past Sunday's message. So yeah. This past Sunday's message was a standalone yeah. message, um, in part, largely in part, because uh, for for those of you that are joining us, hopefully you probably have been well aware, um, on March 27th was when Pastor Bob and Liz, our new senior pastor, was going to be joining us. But as they were on a scheduled trip to Africa, they found out that Bob's younger brother had passed away. So rightly so, they needed to spend some time. 
time and and be there, be physically present um, with family. So as they came back from their trip, that was where they headed out to. So what that did do is was it did delay his start. So what that kind of gave the opportunity for was a standalone this message. And, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that I got to share, I feel like a, a message that was very timely. I'll say something that God was, I feel like challenging me with, but I also felt like it was very timely for our church as well. So um, basically what we did was we looked at kind of the history of Israel, specifically at a, a certain point within the Israelites history where they were right on the verge of entering into the promised land. So, um, um, I called the the uh, the message uncharted because the Israelites were really in an uncharted territory. It was brand new. Um, and I think that we all understand and know what it's like to be in a new season or an uncharted place where we're not necessarily sure what the next steps are, or what to do or how to proceed. So um, we were looking at the Israelites. Basically, their history was that they came uh, from, you know, <laughs> way back the Garden of Eden <coughs> is that God created Adam and Eve. There's People populate the earth, there's Noah, then we fast forward, you get to a person by the name of Abraham. God makes a covenant with Abraham saying that he would make him into a great nation, a nation that would bless other nations. And so that continues on, and then you hear stories where the uh, the descendants of Abraham were actually taken into captivity. They were in 400 years of slavery in Egypt. Then basically what happens is that they're set free from that. Moses is the leader that God raises up, leads them from captivity into the wilderness, into what he's calling the promised land. So this is kind of where we pick up the story and there's a lot more detail that we could go into. That's just kind of a brief synopsis of the history of Israel to where we get to the point where we were. So basically that's where we picked up the story and we were basically looking at Numbers chapter 13 and chapter 14 is kind of the, the the original text. And at first I was actually going to share from those books, but then what we see in Deuteronomy is... Numbers 13 and 14 is where they go through this experience and that Moses records that. And then because of what happens, that generation then dies off. At the start of Deuteronomy, Moses is actually telling the next generation kind of a summary of what happened while they were in Israel or while they were in uh, while they were on the verge of being able to take the promised land and what they chose to do in that. So Moses is kind of retelling this next generation what the last generation experienced. And I felt like it was timely for us as a church because we're in this kind of new season, right? Like it feels very much like we're like the Israelites in the sense that we are on the verge of being able to potentially take the promised land. And <clears throat> In that, really, the way that we, we respond determines whether or not we will actually be wandering in the wilderness or if we will be able to take the land. And so, basically, we looked at, at uh, Israel, and basically, there was a couple different thoughts and a challenge in there. The first kind of idea that I, I kind of brought out, the first thought, was that God is always faithful to fulfill his promises. God is always faithful to fulfill his promises. Here's this covenant that God gave with Abraham thousands or hundreds of years ago. And the Israelites are now standing at a place in Deuteronomy chapter 1 um, or 
Numbers 13, where they're about to experience the promise that God had given thousands of years ago. And so God is always faithful. And that's something that in the difficulty, in the uncharted, in the unknown, that is something that we can cling to. That is something that we can find hope in, that God even promises to be a God of promise, that he will fulfill that which he's promised to do. And so that was kind of the first thought that we looked at. The second thought um, was that there was work to be done. As God brings the Israelites there, what's interesting is that Moses sends out 12 spies. And and there was some discussion. If I had more time, I feel like we could have gone into this. Um, But basically, Moses sends out 12 spies, which is interesting because I'm not sure if they really needed to send out spies. God had already promised them victory. He had already promised that this was going to be their land, that all they had to do was be obedient to follow him and to take the land. They had to do kind of the final step. But Moses sends out 12 spies, they go throughout the land for 40 days. They bring back like a huge cluster of grapes, which is crazy because it took like two full grown men to carry. I want to see that pair of grapes like that. Christian doesn't like grapes, but I would love to see like bowling ball sized grapes. That would just be (laughs) exciting to me. But uh, they come back. 10 of the 12 spies are fearful. 10 of them go, hey, the land's really good, but there's giants in the land. And the land's really good, but there's these large fortified cities. And uh, there's just all, they give this negative report. While two of them, Caleb and Joshua, give a favorable report. They say, hey, the land is exceedingly good. Let's go and take it because God promised to be with us, basically. And so, There was work to be done that it seems like I wonder, and this is a little bit more speculation, that I wonder if the Israelites just didn't want to do. Like, sure, there was probably fear there. Like, there was some anxiousness, but there was also maybe a a little bit of laziness there that here God had done all of this incredible stuff. They had spent a year uh, kind of at Mount Sinai where God was transforming them from a slave nation into his created and called chosen people. And he gave them the law and priests and he gave them kind of order and and how they were to do things. In fact, as you start the book of Numbers, each family is numbered. There's a census taken. That's why it's called Numbers because they're taking a census of all the people and they're creating order so that as they get into the promised land that it wasn't just about moving a bunch of people from one place to another. It was about living into the calling that God had for the Israelites and that was to be his chosen and elect people. And so they get to the land, they see it's good, but then 10 of the 12 spies are fearful. They spread this word kind of throughout the camp and everybody doesn't want to go. They start to complain and grumble and say that God has brought them into the wilderness to simply kill them, which is so bizarre to me. Like that thought is going, man, you saw God split the Red Sea and you crossed on dry land. God literally, I said this on Sunday, God literally like brought manna from heaven. It rained manna down. Like it was the movie cloudy with a chance of meatballs like food fell from the sky god was physically present with his people with the israelites he was by a cloud of smoke in the day and a pillar of fire by night like wherever they were camped inside of their camp they could walk out of their tent and see the physical presence of god and yet they get to this place where fear 
Maybe laziness like fear and anxiety keep them from doing the work that God had called them to do. And spiritually, the application for us in that was that we cannot be afraid of the work that God has called us to do. Spiritually, there's a work that God is continuing to do every single day. We are not made perfect until we are brought home, that God calls us home and we experience his resurrection life in our new bodies and new creation. Like, so there's always something more to be done and we can't shy away from that work. Um, and so the Israelites shied away from that work and they didn't do the work. The third thing, and sorry, this is probably the world's longest recap. Um, I Basically just, you're doing the sermon again at this point. I, at this point, I'm, I'm starting to preach to myself, man. I'm getting excited. Victoria, good afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us. I am looking to see if there's anybody online before I jump back into my recap. Uh, and then the third part, and this is really kind of where I feel like the message kind of originated. Uh, the third thought, and it was really a challenge, is that we need to try to be as faithful to God as God is faithful to us. And that, I say we try to be as faithful to God as faithful as he is to us because the reality is that we will never be able to be as faithful to him as much as he is faithful to us. And even the, the stories that we see in the wilderness of the Israelites is really this contrast of the Israelites' rebellion, but God's faithfulness. There's, I didn't get to say this, but there's even this one point where one of the Moabite kings, one of the other rulers, asks this man, Balaam, to pronounce a curse over Israel, right? Like, so two people that aren't in God's chosen elect people, and Balaam, instead of cursing, literally three times blesses the nation of Israel. Like he goes to, to curse, but he's, he can't. And he blesses the nation of Israel. And even in that, sees kind of this prophecy or this vision of what I believe is a picture of what Christ would do in the future, like the person of Jesus Christ. So it's pretty incredible. That's kind of in those first five books of the Bible. We didn't get into any of that. Even today, I don't think that we're getting into all of that. But pretty crazy. It's just a contrast of the Israelites' rebellion, but God's faithfulness in that. And so... The, what I was thinking, and we kind of jumped over then to Joshua chapter 14. In Joshua chapter 14, Caleb and Joshua were the two spies that came back with a favorable report. Ten spies right away, they were kind of, because of the, the fear that they had spread, there was judgment pronounced on them. They, they died pretty much instantly. And then the nation that had grumbled, the Israelites, that older generation had to die off in the wilderness before they could enter into the promised land. So they spent 40 years wandering the wilderness until that generation died off and a new generation would then take the land. And so it's incredible. The two people that lived through that are Joshua and Caleb because of their faithfulness and because they were, they were kind of in tune and um, wholeheartedly serving God. And so it's interesting when you get to Joshua's chapter 14, as they start to divide the land, what does Caleb want more than anything? He wants the land that he spied out. He wants the land that he saw, that he knew that back then God would give to him, he now wants it at 85 years old. At 85, he says, I still possess the same strength that I did 45 years ago when we first possessed it. Send me, let me go take the land. He wanted the land of giants. He wanted the land that was really well defended. He wanted the land that there was a lot of people in. He wanted it not because he was some great warrior. I jokingly said, what 85-year-old warriors do you know, right? Like, yeah. not because of his ability, but because he trusted in God 
that much. And so they, that's what happens when you read chapter 15 of Joshua. He took the land and then there's a dividing amongst that, that entire tribe or that nation of, uh, of, of Judah. That tribe was Judah. And so they divide it amongst themselves. But Caleb was at the forefront and at 85 years old, not going, hey, I'm going to let the youngins take care of this. He was active in his faith and he pursued all that God had for him. So that was kind of the message as a nutshell. I think that the application is, is that there, that God is always faithful, but there's work to be done and we need to try and be as faithful to God as he is to us. So that I feel like is the message in three sentences. I think that was three sentences. I didn't even count. The, the paragraph, the yeah, essays. Th- three, th- well, yeah. I mean, the last <laughs> statement yes, is that yes. is like, there, God is always faithful, but there's work to be done. And, uh, try and be faithful to there God as go. he's faithful to you. So in that sentence, that summarizes the message. But it, it took a long time to get around the barn. I feel like this probably should have been a series. Like I could have probably preached three or four weeks easily on this. So there was a lot of scripture and it was kind of read in chunks rather than kind of going yeah. verse by verse like we like to do. But yeah, so that was that's the recap. Well, welcome that's to Overtime. Have yeah. a good day. What are we, 20 uh. minutes in? Yeah, 20 <laughs> minutes in. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, okay. any thoughts or questions okay. as, sorry, the, the recap, I got excited. It was a mini message just now, sorry. Well, I'm used to it with, um, yeah. from, youth, from youth group, from the youth ministry, Ben would always. Um, the difference is, is I got longer. Sadly, that is true. <laughs> that is actually true. Not sadly, it was a good message. Sadly. It was a good message. No, it's okay, you said sadly. <laughs> um, so my first question, which sure. to me might be the most important one. Um, so Uncharted. Yeah. Did you or did you not steal from the okay. movie Uncharted? Uh, dude, I did because not. Because the catch, the catch, the tagline and the... Um, Wait, is there a tagline to Uncharted? The no, movie? but like, I feel like your tagline described like the answers of the movie as well. Uh, so no. Like Tom so, Holland and Mark Wahlberg. So there is, I, 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 I even had this in my notes. There is a movie that just came out, what, it was a month ago? It's like yeah, middle of February take. called Uncharted. And that movie was actually based off a video yes. game series. And I will be honest, I was a huge fan of that video game series. I have not yeah. seen the movie. Honestly, I want to. Um, it's good. I, I saw it a couple times. Did you see it? Yeah, I liked Dude, it. All right, don't spoil anything. But I, I now play the game, so I don't know how I, accurate it is. To so the game. see that the games were there was four or five games that as an adult I still own the games. Like it, when the movie came out, I even thought to myself, like, man, I need to replay those games. They were kind of like a puzzle strategy game with a little bit of like action yeah. and like shooter mixed into it. That type of game, a video game. So I did love the video game. I know that the movie just came out, but this was a graphic that I actually used while I was still in youth ministry back in either 2015 or 2016. I don't remember. So I did reuse my graphic, but okay. the message was completely different. Well, I wasn't even going to be like the graphic. I was just like the no. title and the, ti- like the tagline. No, I just like... thought the title and the tagline was actually, that was repurposed yeah. from, I think the when I had used that message in youth ministry, actually, you would have been fi- I was, 15 yeah. or 16. I would have been You mean both. you don't remember this? Listen, I don't remember what happened yesterday. Oh, okay. man, he doesn't remember I don't even remember what I preached on. I'll be honest, okay? <laughs> Dude, I get that. So there's no judgment. The second I leave the stage. <laughs> That's why the recap was just so long. I was remembering it as I was saying it, guys. I don't know if I should admit that, but there it is. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't steal it from the movie title, 
but it was recycled from a okay. previous message that I'd done, and that was based off of the book okay. of Joshua. Um, so it was a great, it is a good question. I even had in my notes like, hey, I know that a movie just came out. I want to see it. This isn't based off of that. It was based off of this idea that the Israelites are going into uncharted territory, right? Like on some level, sending the spies out makes logical sense because they can kind of get a lay for the land. They hadn't seen the land maybe in 400 years as they were slaves. But man, it, I also, I don't know if it did make sense because the land was already theirs. Like they yeah. just had to be faithful. So yeah. great question. Yes. <laughs> um, I will say the your overview, I'm kind of glad it was um, long or like longer than normal, <laughs> I should say, because I... I watched your sermons. I take notes. I write down questions. And just clearly, we've figured out that he doesn't pay attention to them. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. Hey, Sue, thanks for joining us. We're glad that you're here. Thank you for the compliment as well. So thanks for joining us. Um, but I made the silly mistake of grabbing the wrong notebook. <laughs> um, I lay, like when I came to came in today, I like like I realized I grabbed the wrong one and I looked at my wife and Ben because they're working in the same office. I was like. I grabbed the wrong one. Well, I suck. So, but so, so the recap gave you opportunity yes, to write down questions. Yes, because I was. Okay. That's why I was. I wasn't writing down word for what you were saying, but I was remembering the the questions I had, so I was writing mm. them down. So I was like, oh, actually, this is very helpful because <laughs> I said, oh yeah, that that question. Great. Uh, so with that said, um, as always, I don't know if this question might be mute now because you can't um, answer some of it while you're sure. doing the overview. But are there any extra thoughts while oh, studying? I, I, I always like to ask I, this. I, I knew that you yeah. were going to ask this question. I, I ask it like, every time. Oh, I try to every time. Man, there was so much that I feel like was just left untouched, right? Yeah. Like I just felt like we could have just parked yeah. on one part of this. But I just felt like I was really trying to get to Joshua and Caleb's faithfulness. Like that's where I felt like was supposed to end this where where Caleb was just faithful for 45 years and it was the it was the promise of God that sustained him in that wilderness because I, I don't know about I don't know if Caleb did this or not but I tend to complain like right so if I was faithful or if I did my job or I did something right but other people didn't I get a little frustrated at that. So I wonder if Caleb was ever mad at the other 10 spies. Like, I can't believe those guys. I can't believe they said that we couldn't. And then everybody believed him. Now here I am wandering the wilderness for 38 years plus, right? Like, yeah. I wonder if he ever got frustrated. So I feel like we could have parked there. There was so much more, just even in the history of Israel, like even as God tells in punishment, as he tells the Israelites to go back kind of the way that they came, what should have taken like an 11 day trip, because it's interesting because when you get to Joshua, when they are going to take the, the land, it's uh, Kadesh Barnea, if I'm saying that correctly, is where they are as they're spying out the land. And then from there, they head back. But to get from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea should only take 11 days. Well, it took them 40 years. Right? Yeah. Like, so there was just this wandering that could happen. Like, I feel like there's so many more lessons that I could have pulled from there. There was so much more that we could have even, even probably looked at the life of Moses. Like Moses had a pretty interesting life as well because he was leading these people. And there was times where Moses grumbled and complained about the people that he was leading. In fact, in Numbers chapter 12, I think it is. It could be 11, but I think it's 12. In Numbers chapter 12, there is like this revolt against Moses with 
uh, Aaron, his brother, and Miriam, his sister. Like, they want to overthrow Moses and, like, let's let's kill him. Like, he, he doesn't mean anything until, like, God intervenes. Like... There was so much that was going on there that it, it, it's almost easy when we look at a snapshot of what was going on. It almost seems like God was being cruel in his punishment, and he wasn't. God was just and faithful to, to deal with this rebellion that was stirring up because, again, God is changing them from this slave nation into his chosen and elect people. So God was just and right to bring about punishment for that. But there was so much more that was going on. Like, it's amazing to me in 13 or it's, yeah, it's 13 or 14. Like, uh, the the verses kind of blend together a little bit in my mind. Mm-hmm. But when Moses and Aaron, so the guy that just tried to, like, overthrow Moses, they both fall on their face, like, before the nation of Israel, but before God... And they're pleading that God would, like, have mercy. I don't know. If the people that just, like, tried to, like, overthrow my leadership and were complaining and grumbling about me, I'm not sure how quick I would fall to my face and, like, plead for them. Right? <laughs> like, I'm just being real here. Like, there's, there's, mm-hmm. so I feel like there was just so much more that we, there was no way that we could really get into um, that I, I guess my hope would be that you would spend some time maybe reading through the history of Israel because it's a rich, deep history, again, to, to kind of summarize it, that really contrasts God's faithfulness and the Israelites' rebellion. And so it's incredible to, you could pull stories about Abraham and, or you could pull stories about Moses and Joshua, who we first see here as a spy, but he ultimately becomes kind of the successor to Moses and leads the people in like there's something about there that that we could talk about and Joshua being faithful as well and Caleb being faithful so yes I feel like there is so much more even now as I answer that question I don't even know where to start because there is so much there yeah fair fair enough fair enough Um, I will say that if you are catching us online live right now, uh, feel free to ask us any of your questions. So if you had a specific question about any of that there, you're welcome to ask that and we'll get to that. Um, If not, we'll just keep chatting until we're kind of done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then you start off this, um, the sermon with like, basically, are you a planner or not? Sure. Um, Sure. And... And I was going to ask you if you're a planner, you know, I already know the answer, but you, you also then answered it anyways, because yeah. you said you were a planner. I am. Um, so how... Although I feel yeah. like as I get older, like, I, I'm there's some things that I'm chilling out about. I don't know if I like it or if I don't like it. Like, I, I'm very much a planner, like, but also I feel like I can, can be flexible as long as I have a plan in place. If all of that falls apart, I'm like, okay, well, we'll try and do what the plan looks like. So I can adapt yeah. in the moment, but I am generally a planner. Like yeah. it's kind of, you're either, I know it's a generalization, but I was, I was trying to make the point that there's two types of people generally. There's ones that plan and they prepare. And then there's more the free spirit or the non-planner where you just kind of go through life. I am not that person. Like I used spontaneity, like the, the ability to be spontaneous as an example. Like I have to plan to be spontaneous. And I know that when you have to plan to be spontaneous, it's not spontaneous. Yes. It's not spontaneity. Sp- yeah. It, yeah. It is not at all. But... 
I have to plan and then I can be spontaneous versus somebody that is more of a free spirit. That That is their world. They probably go from thing to thing and they're spontaneous all the time and that's just how life pulls them. I am not that way. My point in making that was to say that as we look at this season that we're in, like this uncharted, this idea, I think whether we're a planner or a preparer or if we're a free spirit and a non-planner, all of us have experienced seasons and difficulties and times and trials in life where we go, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like regardless of which side of the camp that you're on, you go, I'm not sure how to proceed from here. I'm not sure which direction to go. I'm not sure sometimes which way is even up. Mm -hmm. And I think that even the pandemic just kind of amplified this, right? The last two years have been incredibly tough that you're going, dude, I don't, I don't know what next week looks like. As a planner, man, it has been really challenging. And I think all of us, even as a culture, we've gotten really good at learning how to be flexible, right? And that's not a strong suit for all of us. But I think all of us know what it's like to be in uncharted territory, to not know what to do or what it's like. And I felt like as, as a church, that could be where we are both as a church and as individuals. For some of us, we may feel like we've been wandering the wilderness for years. And for some of us, we may be more excited as Bob comes in and we're looking forward to what God is doing and, and how he's going to move and work and what, what God wants to reveal. So we could be excited or we could feel like we're wandering personally and as a church as a whole. But regardless of that, I think that these lessons still apply, that God is faithful, that there's work to be done, and we need to be, uh, we need to try and live as faithfully to God as he is to us. So, yeah, I did start with that. Was there yeah. more of a question there? Did I Oh, no, well, I was just going to go on, like, because I was like, could you say, like, the planners and non-planners tend to find each other in marriage? I, I, are, you, are you a planner or non-planner? Take a guess. Uh, I think that you're, I think, so when I look at the couple, yes. I say that, you are definitely the free spirit yes. and Megan is the planner. Yes. But I also think I know you as an individual so that maybe some there's some organization yes. there because as a pastor, yes. I don't know if you're completely free spirit, but but comparing the yeah. two, yes. you're definitely the free spirit. Yeah, if if you know, if you met and talked with my wife Megan at all and like actually get to know her, you'll realize instantly that she's a planner. Mm -hmm. Like there's, she just is. Like she's the type A, like... If I was like, ah, let's just wig it. She's like, what? <laughs> um, so I'm like, yeah, we'll figure it out as we go. And she's like, no, I want to I wanna know. I was like, yeah, yeah. we don't need to, though. Yeah. Um, you, even as you say that, like I think of Christian Hessling, yeah. who I've always thought that I'm a planner. But then I saw the, the level of planning that Christian can do, and I thought, I'm not a planner at all. Like, I <laughs> fail as a planner. So I think there is yeah. levels yes. of planning, too, because, man, on that Christian's got me beat. Like, wow. I just remember, like, as an intern with Christian, like... like going, when he was the intern with you. Yeah, when he was an intern. Yeah, so Christian had a couple years... You were years now the intern with him. Yeah, no, I had a couple years with Christian interning here, and I remember thinking, wow, this guy's really organized. And I thought I was organized, but he... Yeah, he was really organized. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I do agree, like... But at the same time, being a pastor, you do have to be organized for some bit. Right. And, I do get it, like annoyed with people that are, like, oh, 100% free spirits. For me, it's like, can you have like just a little bit of organization? <laughs> like, I feel like I'm maybe like 80% free spirit and then like okay. 20% or like okay. 70, 30, like something like that. And that's, yeah, 
I, I feel like that's even what I'm feeling. Yeah. Like as I get older, maybe that number is from like where I was in, I don't know, I was a high 90s yeah. to like now I'm more of a yeah. 70 to 30. Yeah. Like, so I don't know, yeah. but maybe it's, uh, but it is certain things. Like well, certain things I also I be married. I feel like the other yeah. portion like rubs off on you in a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah, because I'm more organized now than I was before being married to Megan. Yeah. Ain't being in a relationship with her. But now, yeah, like, right. it's like, oh, right. like, she wants me to be more organized. That, she gets frustrated at me when I'm not organized. Dude, it's that's like, a really good point because my wife, Hope, yeah. she says, she claims <laughs> she is really organized at work. But I'm like, mm. but on some level, she has to be. She's yeah. a registered yeah. nurse in a, in a pediatric intensive yeah. care unit. So... That makes sense. Like, she does have to be organized, but I feel like she gets around me, and I'm like, you're organized at work? Like, I need to see this work you. <laughs> like, so it makes sense. I feel like yeah. what you're saying makes sense. But, yeah, anyway. But anyway, so, back, that was just kind of more of a side tangent than anything. <laughs> it was fun. I enjoyed yeah, it. Yes, I'm glad. Uh, me too. So, then, I want to ask you, so, thoughts on Moses. Sure. So, like, we see, like, he sends out the 12 spies. Yeah. Um, to come back, like yeah. yeah, let's do it. Let's take, let let's grab hold of the promise that God has given us, and let's go for it. Yeah. And but the ten spies say, "Now nah, we good." Yeah. Um, but Moses, at least to my recollection, with the story, like he really doesn't do anything. He doesn't speak up. We don't he, see him say like, anything. So right. like, again, Moses, yeah. one, he speaks with God a lot. Yeah. And two, he is the one weighing down these promises. Yeah. But he doesn't. He doesn't speak against the ten. It's, it's like, hey, remember the promise, though. So, like, yeah. what are your thoughts it's, on Moses not speaking I, up? Dude, that's a really good question. Yeah. Like, because we don't see Moses yeah. say anything, and I do wonder if that previous chapter has a lot to do with that. Mm. So Moses is is not going to take a really strong stance on leadership because he was just criticized by his brother and sister leading the charge, right? Like, and what we know is that Aaron, Moses' his brother, was was to help because Moses wasn't a great communicator, but Aaron was, right? Like, so if we're looking at the history, Aaron specifically is to kind of be the voice and the mouthpiece for Moses, and Moses is to be the leader. So it's interesting that Aaron, his brother, who's the voice and the mouthpiece, but then in chapter 13 is still the mouthpiece, like, he doesn't say anything either. So I wonder if the previous chapter where Moses is timid, right? Like, I almost feel like Moses is responsibility and and there's so much more that I don't know that I feel like I'm speculating into this but I I think that Moses was an incredible example right like Moses did an incredible job leading the Israelites that we see him talked about in the Bible in the New Testament by prophets by like so many that I don't want to like speak bad of Moses but I do almost feel like he missed an opportunity where he didn't lead effectively. I did read one commentary said that it was interesting that Moses and Aaron kind of fall face down, not trying to argue with the assembly, not trying to argue with the Israelites. But what you do see is Joshua and Caleb kind of pushing back against, no, 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 don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. This is at least in the the numbers 13 and 14. Like they're the ones that push back. And it's just interesting. One of the commentaries made a point saying, well, it's possible that they, Moses and Aaron realized the futility of kind of speaking against the assembly. Once the assembly had kind of already made up their mind, these men, that that was already spreading through kind of like a wildfire through all of Israel. And maybe it's because Caleb and 
and uh, Joshua were young, that they were more optimistic and not in the leadership role that Moses had been in, that they're going, no, 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 guys, this, you don't have to fear. You don't have to worry. Let's take the land. Like it was an interesting thought, but I don't know. I do look at that and Mm -hmm. say, why didn't Moses speak out? Now, when we do read Deuteronomy, this is Moses telling the next generation. So as Moses tells it, it's interesting then, like when you compare Numbers 13 and 14 with Deuteronomy chapter 1, Moses looks really good in Deuteronomy chapter 1. In 13 and 14, it's almost like, where was Moses during that? Right? Like in Deuteronomy 1, when Moses is retelling the next generation, he's, he even said like, because of you, I didn't make the promise, make it to the promised land. But what we know is that Part of the reason why Moses didn't get to enter into the promised land was because when he was supposed to speak to the rock in the wilderness for water to come out, he struck the rock. And that rock in that moment represented God. It also, he associated himself kind of with with the provision of God saying, we have to do this. When Moses was just the leader, it was God that was doing that. So there was even some rebellion there. But I do wonder if Moses kind of missed it because that was even one of the commentaries was going, why did they send spies into the land? God had already given them the land. And as you read Deuteronomy and as you read Numbers 13 and 14, it it, Moses says in Deuteronomy that it was the people's idea to send out the spies. And Moses thought it was good. So then he inquired kind of of the Lord to how we should spend, send out spies. And in Deuteronomy, what we see is God was specific in send one man from each tribe, or excuse me, from numbers, send one man from each tribe. That's how they got the 12 spies. So God was specific about how or who the spies were, but maybe not necessarily that they would have sent spies. So it's all thoughts. It's not really, okay, here's scripture and here's what we can prove and here's what we can back. But it does almost look like Moses missed an opportunity to lead the people. Now, is that because they wouldn't have listened? I don't know. Like, maybe this was even God's will that the spies would go out so it would reveal where the nation of Israel actually Mm. was. Like, so there's so much more thought that we could put into that of going, maybe this was God's plan to just, this is how it bubbles up. This is how we see the nation is not ready and not trusting and not faithful to God. It's just that statement that it's going, the land is good, but there's giants and there's, there's tall cities and there's fortified cities. It's going, God's promises are good halfway because we believe that he said it was good and we agree that it was good, but also there's a lot of scary things there. So we believe that God said the land would be good. It is good, but we're not sure if God is actually going to go before us and actually drive out these people. So they half-heartedly received that word from God. And so I wonder if it was even just a way that God was revealing man's heart, but it does seem like Moses maybe missed it here. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. That's there. There's more thoughts. If you're tuning in, you might even have thoughts. Yeah. Um. You're welcome. But there is. Yeah. Like I said, there was so much more that we could try and try and work through and anticipate. But yeah. I think that's a great question. Yeah. So I kind of got like one or two um questions left. Sure. Um, so kind of like, because I think if I know correctly from your um from your sermon this past time, please correct me if I'm wrong. You're even like talking about how. Well, the CRCs in this, like, we're kind of like the the on this boards on this edge sure. of potentially going into like the promised land, yeah. um, or into like this new season of yeah. church life at the CRC. Yeah. So, like, what does that? What do you think? Like that? 
what does Pastor Bob will like? What's his role then? Do you think? Like, yeah. I'm not speaking uh, okay. for Pastor Bob, of course. Sure. Like, but like, uh, yeah. So that's the question I can ask. Yeah. No, I think I understand yeah. what you're like saying. The idea. What I feel like is is that uh, what I feel like is that uh, Pastor Bob is is to be kind of like a symbolic Moses, or maybe I should say maybe a symbolic Joshua. Joshua. Yeah. Right, like so, his job and his role is to lead the assembly, right? Like, but it's also the responsibility of the assembly. It's the responsibility of the church to be faithful and to be obedient. So it's 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 interesting. So it's as we look at this, Moses didn't enter into the promised land. I'm not sure if it was because of this situation or if it was because the situation with the rock, right? Like, so it's just interesting to say because as as God is pronouncing judgment to the Israelites. He says the only two people that are going to make it are Joshua and Caleb. And this is before the rock incident happened. So Moses is probably going, uh, what about me? <laughs> like, uh, he didn't say my name. What does that mean? Like, so, yeah. so it's interesting that Moses, there's a responsibility of leadership, but it, what you see more is that the responsibility of the grumbling and complaining and missing that first round of the promised land was on the people that didn't place their trust in God. So it's not really, I, I feel like I'm, uh, I, symbolically, I think that, uh, that Bob will be like a Joshua, but I feel like what I'm trying to say is that aside, as the assembly, as the congregation, we are responsible to be obedient to what God is calling us to. If we want to take the land, our obedience is contingent upon being able to take the land. Will we trust in his promise? Will we pursue what he has for us? Will we do the hard work, the difficult work that he's calling us to do? Or will we not? And we sit back and we miss it. So that's kind of the the plea. So I think that, yeah, this, symbolically, Bob is, Pastor Bob is kind of that Joshua figure, that Moses figure, like whatever. I don't even know. Like, I'm not trying to say that this is of the Lord and this yeah, is the prophecy yeah. of like, so I'm not trying to do that, but I just feel like I'm trying to say, we have to be obedient. We have to be obedient if we want to receive the promise that God has for us. We have to be obedient to him and faithfully devoted to him. That's the only way that we take the land. So I think that's a great question. So then, like the last question I'm going to ask, which may can help wrap up um, this, is that, so again, if if the question's like, I don't know, fine, cool, whatever. (laughs) Um, But so what do you think is then, like, what does the near future or the future for the CRC Mm -hmm. What could that possibly look like? Because we can't say yeah. this is what it's going to look like sure. because, you know, God yeah. hasn't given us a prophecy about this. So, yeah, right. so like, but what do you think that could possibly look like for the CRC? I, I don't... Um, I, I, next, like, few months, next year? Yeah, I feel like for me, I can dream. Yes. Right? Like, my dream is that this church would be... There would be an awakening that would happen within this church. That we would be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to this community, to those that are hurting, that we would fall deeper and deeper in love with Jesus Christ, that we would pursue him with a reckless abandon, that we would be his disciples, that we would follow him with wholehearted dedication, that God would do something in us that stirs us and stirs within our community. That's still very vague in general. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, So I don't want to try and give any yeah. specific, like, here's what it looks like. Frankly, I do believe that that is part of what God will do 
through a vision caster yeah. by Bob, yeah. right? Like that that is the role that he is stepping into. Yeah. And so the challenge for us is to go, Lord, would you awaken in me that I would be open to your spirits moving, your prompting, yeah. be devoted to you and to pursue you with everything that we have. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, I think it's a great question. And I don't know, but I do know, and this was part of the reason why it ended with uh, a benediction that's, that's from uh, Ephesians. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 says this. It says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think. I do think that if we start to pursue the things of God, if we're obedient to what he calls us to, if we're faithful to him the way that he's faithful to us, if we do the work, that he can do far more than we can even ask or think of. And so that's even part of the reason why I don't want to kind of like try and give a specific, I don't know if it's my place to do that, but also I believe that God does far more than what we could even think or imagine when we surrender and submit our hearts and our lives and our will to his. So I think that God wants to do something incredible in and through the church. It just really is contingent upon us pursuing the things of God, to see him for who he is, to accept his promises. And when I say that too, I think it's important to say, a lot of the times there's things that we want that may not be the promises mm -hmm. that God has said will happen. When I say when we, like God is faithful to his promises, I mean the promises specifically mentioned in his word. Like one of the things that I, I mentioned on Sunday was just uh, my wife and I being in a season of, of challenge after we experienced a miscarriage in 2018. Mm -hmm. We're kind of in this season. I don't feel like God has promised me that we will be parents. I feel like God has called us to be parents, but I don't know how that promise will be. I don't know if that's natural born. I don't know if that's through foster care and adoption. I don't know if that's kind of like mentoring and overseeing people. Like, I don't know fully what that looks like. So I don't want to claim God has promised that I'm going to have a natural born child. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's God's will for me, but I don't want to yeah. proclaim that as a promise of God because really that's my hope and my desires. But when I say, when we pursue the promises of God, what he said in his word, we can take to the bank, right? Like mm -hmm. what he has promised, that he's promised never to leave us nor forsake us, that he's promised to always be there with us, that he's promised his spirit to be with us and to empower us and to give us words to speak when we don't know what to speak. Like these are the promises that I'm going, man, God is faithful to deliver those promises so we can stand on those things and pursue what he has for us. So um, I almost forgot the question at this point, but I, I mean, I think I, that that does it perfectly though. Like that, yeah. that I think that th those last thoughts tie it all together perfectly. I, I do think one of the things that I, I just loved and I, and I had this in my notes and not for any particular reason, I didn't share it. But uh, when I look at Caleb, like one of the challenges that I had for this church was was to say that if you found yourself, and this is this yeah. is where it gets a little bit a little bit dicey, right? Because nobody wants to be told, "Hey, you're old," right? Like, and I don't mean to do that, but I, what you see is Caleb's determination in his old age to pursue after the promise of God is so incredible to me. This is really where I feel like the message started, where I was challenged of going, man, if I'm an old man and I've waited 45 years for the promise of God to come true, will I still pursue it with the same vigor and intensity that I did when I was younger? I hope my answer is yes. And my desire is that my answer is yes. But one of the things that I wrote down on my notes is that there is no retirement in the kingdom of God. 
If you are here on this side of eternity, there is work to be done that God is calling you to do. And I feel like as maybe as a younger man, I am pleading with an older demographic, an older generation to go, we need you to invest in a younger generation to show and to model what it means to pursue after God. So I feel like that is my plea for for an older generation. And when I say older, I mean, if you have any experience, if you have any wisdom, if you have more time on your side, like more time like lived than maybe what will be lived, if any of that is true, I feel like you are in a place where you provide uh, uh, an excellent model to pursue and to chase after the things of God. And so uh, I don't like, I have thoughts about retirement. Like, I'm just not sure if I can ever retire because I feel like, but I know a lot of people that as they retire, that gives them the opportunity to chase after the things of God. That's what I think should be happening. And I just feel like in the kingdom of God, there is no such thing as retirement because if you're here, there is more work that God has for you to do. There's more work that you can do to advance the kingdom. And until the day that he calls you home, then you can celebrate and retire and do yeah. what God has Maybe for you us. see that with Paul um, within the Timothy letters, I believe if I remember correctly. Like, he says, like, older women, take, like, yeah. look after and like, help guide the younger women. Yeah. Older men, do the same with younger men. So right. we, we see that like right. idea in scripture a few times right. that it's like, hey, older people, disciple younger people because yeah. to so, help with their wisdom and discernment. That's and, right. That's one of the things I've, I've even shared this, it was years ago, I think, when you look at the example of Samuel and Eli, God calls out to Samuel in the middle of the night, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel runs over to Eli and goes, Hey, I'm here. What do you need? And Eli's like, uh, go back to bed. It happens two more times. The third time Eli realizes and goes, the next time you hear that say, speak Lord for your servant is listening. If it wasn't for the Eli generation pointing the Samuel generation to see and to hear from God, Samuel could have missed that, right? Like, so this is another example for me of going, look, if you're older, that means that you've got wisdom, that you've got experience, that you've got time, that God wants to use that to pour into a younger generation. You are the Eli generation. We need you to pour into the Samuel generation so that we can hear what God would call out to us and how we can pursue all the things that he has for us. Mm-hmm. That's good. Don't be like the the don't be like the generation that just simply is waiting to die off. Be the ones that pursue after God and be the ones that chase down the opportunities like Caleb did of going, I trust in God's promises. I trust in his faithfulness. And I'm going to pursue those promises with the same vigor that I had back when I was 40. Yeah. Sweet. I think that's the perfect place to end off and on. I think so too. Where are we at? We're at like 53 minutes. Yeah. So that that's not yeah, bad. I, I think uh, that coach is a good note to end on. I, I do think that there was one, like, I feel like, I didn't intend for this, but I felt like as I was wrapping up, I felt like there was two different applications to the message. Like I felt like for us as a church, be obedient and be faithful. But then also the same application, but it's a little bit, feels a little bit different for individuals. If you feel like you were in the wilderness, cling to the promises of God. God is doing a work in the wilderness. Again, what's so amazing is that, yes, one generation, the older generation was dying off in the wilderness but the younger generation was learning how to live into the statues, into the laws, into the decrees that God had established on Mount Sinai. So it was in that wilderness 
that there was a work being done in the younger generation. So if you feel like you were in the wilderness, hang on to God's faithfulness. Know that in this difficult trying season that he is doing a work preparing you to be children of God because it's not about just possessing the land. It's about being the godly people that he's called us to be and to be an example and a witness to other nations. So in this season where he is preparing you, be faithful, hang on, trust in his promises, but know that it's not just about the journey. It's about the preparation and what he's doing in your life and in your heart. So I feel like that's probably yeah. the last thing that I would say is that as a church, one application, but as individuals, maybe a little bit slightly different, but similar yeah. application. And uh, yeah, if you have questions, if you have thoughts, if you have comments, we'd love to hear from you. I do want to say thanks for those that have joined us online. Looks like we've got a few people on there and then a few people on uh, Facebook as well. So thank you. If you do have questions, by all means, let us know. We're excited this week as Pastor Bob does yes. come in. He'll be sharing. That does mean for overtime, um, we'll be taking next week off and then we'll kind of be evaluating from yeah. there. So as Bob comes in and starts to get acclimated, trying to see what the future of overtime looks like. So we'll keep you posted as best we can. So there won't be any overtime next week. And then honestly, for the future yeah. of overtime, we'll see if that's something that continues yeah. or if it's something that maybe changes shape yeah. or form. But uh, it's been a blessing and yeah. an honor to to be here. It's been fun. Yeah. 118 or 119. This says 118, but I thought it said 118 last week. I don't know. I don't know. Either way, uh, it's a big number. Either way, it's been over 100 episodes. So yes. thanks for joining us. We really hope that you're challenged and encouraged. We'll keep you posted if things change or look differently. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, you got any other final thoughts? I, it, I just have been enjoying and glad that I was able to yeah. help you with this. Thanks and, for helping yeah. out, man. That means a lot too. So, yeah. Well, have a great week, everyone. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you. So see you later. See you guys.